fire <laughs> shoots out the intake. Did it vents. get the mustache? It didn't get the stash, Good. but I did have my goggles up, you know, on the top of my helmet, and it singed my eyebrows Holy and eyelashes. Shit. Yeah. The last thing I remember before closing my eyes was flames shooting out the side panels, like, um, you know, the curvature of the skidoo side panels. It kind of just came out all around that, kind of melted my gear, like, like I said, burned my face and <laughs> eyebrows, and then it was just on fire. to the snow west show from our mountain snowmobiling headquarters in idaho for over 45 years here's your host ryan harris welcome to the show everybody i'm ryan harris this is the snow west podcast uh we've got a great show lined up for you today we've got uh we've got a, our first our co-host in studio with us is brent wilsey uh, Powertech Diesel. You might remember Brent from a few episodes sh uh, ago when he went on some long rant about, I don't know, some 40-minute story about racing his... Doesn't sound his like something Summit Turbo and... Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Buying sleds, anyway. Uh, Brent uh, Brent builds our trucks. He builds... Uh, I, m matter of fact, I was going to tell you, did you go to Jackson? Hmm. Nope. So, uh, a, a lot of the guys, like Keith Curtis and Mike can't remember who, Andy. I can't remember who else you sponsor, but your Powertech Diesel got read quite a bit on the sponsor list. Mm -hmm. Man, they didn't even hit me up for anything this year. Well, that's that's funny. Yeah, you get you, you take care of a couple guys' trucks, and they're just going to put you on that list for life. Well, I need to reach out and make sure they're all dialed in. But yeah, we that's a that's a solid group to be involved with for sure because it's not super saturated like everything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, and then we've got a. A couple guests in studio today. Uh, if you're familiar with Boondock Nation, we have Dylan Rose and Jack Sarama. Nailed it. Okay. Absolutely right. nailed I, it. I, I thought about that earlier. I'm like, I'm gonna. Am I screwing this name up? Like, I, I gotta check with you. But yeah, Jack Sarama. I've known you for for years, but uh, it's one of those names where you just kind of assume you're saying it right. Yeah. So, no, that's perfect. All right. Couple that's of how everyone should say it. Awesome. <laughs> couple of uh, of Idaho natives. We'll, we'll, we'll take his natives, Wisconsin transplants. Appreciate that, yeah. And, uh, th you know, I, I, I offered you some water. Idaho water is clear. I don't know what, the, I think the water in Wisconsin is brown and alcohol-filled, and I, I don't know. What, what, I don't know. <laughs> it usually involves a little partying, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a little bit of a different culture back there, for sure. Yeah, and it seems like you brought that culture with you, like, you know, the, the Boondock Nation heydays party is, mm -hmm. is a riot, and, and you're getting that going in Island Park with, with winter... Winter Sled Fest? Out West Sled Fest, Out West yeah. Sled Fest, yeah. Yeah, you're bringing the party scene out here. That's uh, you're doing a good job with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely woven into the fabric of what we do. You know, like, every day, um, just about every day that we are doing Boondock Nation, it's, it's a party, you know. Um, whether we're out on the mountain, obviously we're not drinking or doing anything like that while we're out on the mountain, but it's really just about having a good time, you know. Um, so that translates into, you know, our events and getting together with the people we love and, and doing that type of thing. And naturally, um, being from the Midwest, you know, we drink a lot of beer while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> party animals, Boondock Nation, party animals. That uh, should be your logo. Um, all right. We, we, we've got some wild stories. Like, uh, Jack, you had a, you had a, a, a factory turbo, a summit, like blow up in your face. Yeah. While you're sitting on the sled, right? Yeah, we we'll, could. We'll, we'll get into that one later. Okay. But but that's that happened, and then you've had tracks come off, and I've know. had some issues as well with uh, drivers and a sort of jack shaft bearing, just kind of some random stuff. But nothing as bad as what Jack's had this year, fortunately. <laughs> it's a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It yeah. must be. We put them through their paces. That's for sure. I mean, a couple thousand miles in a year, but. Um, a lot of times it's multiple days on end that we're riding and there isn't always time for maintenance or, you know, you don't <laughs> notice something right away and it creates a bigger issue. Um, you know, we, we keep up, up on them as best we can, but, uh, yeah, while pushing the limits, a lot of crazy things happen too. So, yeah, well, I can't wait to hear that story in detail. I've, you've, you've told it briefly, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get into full details on that. That sounds like an exciting story. <laughs> You've probably got some uh, truck stuff to match that one. Yeah, it's always something. Uh, before we jump in, though, um, I, I want to take a second and thank you for listening or watching. You can uh, you can catch all of our episodes on 
uh, any major podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can watch it on YouTube. Let me get a quick little adjust here. Getting something I don't like. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, and then uh, before we get going, I want to say thank you to the crew at Castle X. Uh, Castle X has been producing snowmobile gear for a long time, like decades, uh, part of Castle Sales. And not just sledding gear, they have uh, a new line of moto gear. You can check out the new R1 MX moto gear on their website at Castle Sales. It's right there on the TV screen, actually. It's pretty cool looking stuff. Oh, you just, just missed it. Uh, you can check out that new R1 MX moto gear at castlesales.com. Uh, Castle Sales Company, Castle Sales was established in Green Bay, Wisconsin, backyard. How about right? that? How, how far are you guys from Green Bay? A couple hours. Yeah, yeah. two and a half hours north. Yeah. So, did you guys uh, really struggle this summer with the Green Bay Aaron Rodgers news? You know, I shouldn't even say this, but I'm actually a Bears fan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much into sports. so might not be going home yeah. to Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably going to get disowned uh, by a lot of people for that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on that. Yeah, well, I was going to say you could have to deal with him at some point, but you guys won't for a while. Right. You got a few years catching up there. Anyway, Castle Sales, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, they're ce- celebrating their 50th anniversary in power sports this year. In 1999, they launched Castle X, which is the proprietary brand of performance minded apparel and accessories focused towards enhancing the rider experience for power sports activities. Their goal was to create a, high, a line of highly technical products at affordable price points. And 24 years later, the evolution of Castle X continues as the team pushes the limits to design, develop, and manufacture industry-leading products at value-driven pricing. Uh, this stuff is pretty cool. We've, we've ridden it uh, a few times. Um, our photographer, Ryan Thompson, his crew, his, his, his brother and his cousin uh, wear that stuff on the regular. It's, it's pretty good-looking stuff. It's, it's great. Uh, from snow to dirt to street, Castle X is your gear for fun. Uh, complete line of products uh all the sledding gear you need from jackets pants monosuits uh men's and women's gear youth gear goggles helmets layering casual wear they have everything uh you can check them out at castlesales.com and find them on social media at castle x gear all right now jumping into the show i don't know should we start right off with the sled blown up story i kind of want to hear i think so all right. I mean, or do you save it till the end and people will listen to your whole show? Well, let's all right. Let, let's save it a little bit. I <laughs> first off, just just give me the Boondock Nation story in a nutshell. We've we've worked together. Snow West and Boondock Nation have worked together for has it been about five years, six years? Yeah, yeah. yeah we could probably provide a little background. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with our brand that are listening, but you know, we're uh, reaching new people every day. So we started Boondock Nation back in 2015. Um, Dylan and I and a couple other buddies had an English class together back in high school. We started riding together. And um, that's where the idea kind of came about. So, I don't know, you want to take it from there? (laughs) Yeah, we linked up for our first ride uh, up in the UP on sleds that were marginally off-trail sleds. And it got a little weird. I think I ended up totaling out my mom's sled that day. I was actually riding her machine. but um, What what sled was it? It was... uh, it was like an like indie. It was like an a, indie. Yeah, it was like an indie SP, like a 550 fan or something. Yeah, and I was on like a Renegade or something. We were like boondocking these trail sleds, right? <laughs> Just trying but, to ride the ditches. and. But destruction is like woven into the fabric of all this. But anyway. So that kind of like formed this bond with us. We were stoked, and uh, we, we felt like we needed to share some of these experiences that we were having together. And I uh, wanted to show like all of our adventures up to the UP, which was our closest backcountry riding. Um, if you're from the Midwest, you're probably familiar with that. Super cool. Um, proud to have grown up riding there. But yeah, we were riding there and uh, taking trips. So we started our Instagram page, which is Boondock Nation. We came up with that in a group chat and kind of got the ball rolling from there. Yeah, but um, you know, the UP of Michigan, for those that aren't familiar, it's um, it, little tight creek beds and drainages and stuff a lot of hardwood trees you know not a lot of room for error we were breaking so many bumpers and plastics and stuff trying to learn how to side hill through the trees but the, we'd, we'd be in trouble out there because our trees out here bend yeah yeah they just fold over yeah and at least the the bigger trees have some you know branches that you crash you. into right yeah 
or a tree well that kind of helps soften the blow. But anyway, um, we were always set on going out west. Like that was always the dream. We knew some other guys that um, did the same thing as us, you know, riding up north on the weekends, but would take a trip or two out west every year. And uh, that was always the dream. So then we started doing that. And we filmed our first episode at Barant's Backcountry Adventure. Um, we, like, paid for the whole thing, you know, rented rented the cabin there at BBA and uh, rode with, like, Ross Robinson. And um, David McKinney actually filmed that. He filmed our first season there, and then we filmed an episode in Island Park. So it was, like, three episodes, and we started airing this stuff on broadcast TV in the Midwest. Um, so Dylan's dad... Um, and he, Dylan's actually third generation of Discover Media Works, um, which is a company that produces Discover Wisconsin and a couple other TV programs in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So they've been buying airtime for a long time. And Dylan's dad kind of hooked us up and was able to um, basically get us off the ground with this broadcast TV show. So we took that idea to Heydays, you know, made, made our own trade show booth. It was the wildest thing. We had some sleds up on some hay bales and stuff. Um, but started getting some sponsors on board and just went from there and it started snowballing. So then we did more episodes the next year. We started traveling more, um, linked up with guys like Phil Wybar. Um, quality was always, you know, in, in our production and in what we did. So that's kind of how the brand got built. And then we made the, the move out here, which is when about when we linked up with you, I think. Um, we would have probably connected within a year or so of us moving out here. We've been out here for, what, like six winters now? Yeah, this is our sixth winter. Sixth winter, yeah. so yeah, that's, that timeline's about right. Yeah, I think that's about right, six, six years ago. So yeah, we've obviously evolved a lot since then. Broadcast is still a big part of what we do, but now we're into the digital world, as are you and um, the rest of the industry. So we started releasing a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, when we moved out here, we'd release some stuff throughout the season, and then last year we really made a concerted, uh, effort to, concerted effort to release a video every single week from heydays all the way through the winter. And uh, we missed two, two weeks or three weeks in there, but mm -hmm. we've honed it in now. And uh, we haven't missed a week all winter, and we're just stoked to keep creating the content and keep evolving the brand into this digital realm. And it's good stuff. gets it, me excited. It's, it's hard to hit deadlines in this, in this yeah. industry because, for one, it, it sneaks up on you. Like, like you think you got all year to get ready. And then it, uh, like September 1st hits, and then you're just back-to-back -back shows. And then winter hits, and you're just like, yeah, there's a little bit of snow. And then before you know it, you're like up in chest-deep snow, like getting stuck, breaking parts. And you're like, oh, we forgot to film all this crap. <laughs> and then, yeah, hitting those deadlines, you know, we're, in, we're kind of in the same boat, hitting those markers. And then next thing you know, it's March 1st, and you're yeah. like, oh, man, we didn't, do, we didn't do this, we didn't do this. Yeah, that's we've just been talking as we're packing up and getting ready to head back to Wisconsin. Like, this winter truly went by so fast. And we say that every year, but... Um, as we pile more on our plate and the brand continues to grow and we're going to more places and we're with more people and putting out more content than ever, it does go fast. And we're, But we're making the most of every day. And thankfully, this year we've had some snow too, right? Like last year was tough on everyone. And mm -hmm. thankfully, like most of the West and even the Midwest had a pretty good year. Yeah, this, this year was nuts. What did you tell me the other day? Today, we've got more snow than we had last year in February. Oh, yeah. But, well, I can't even say that anymore because today we have three times as much snow. So you guys aren't even close to done then, right? No, that's the thing. It feels like midwinter for us, but yet we got to start packing it up, you know. Yeah, really? you're, dri you're driving yeah. back home to Wisconsin Monday? Yeah, I'm yeah. heading back on Monday. Oh, yeah. I want to see some videos of, like, dollies on your skis riding dirt to get to the snow. and we've we've done it i mean we were we were just talking about that too like thankfully our sleds aren't going to take as much abuse this year because there are years where you're pushing through a lot of dirt yeah. wearing holes in your skis this just to try and get there but i'm planning on coming back out here in june okay. um i've never ridden you know past may before so i think that would be cool eventually we'll try and get all 12 months but uh we, we used to do that industry ride in june with everybody kind of kind of late june we push it as long as we could over in smith's fork okay oh, yeah. yeah and i i'm sure we can get it done this year with, with the snow oh, yeah. we have, it's it's so flipping deep. Like you, so you bought that Lynx Turbo. I just want to go ride in a t-shirt. <laughs> well, we're, we're there, man. We can go Friday. Yeah. You got to come with us Friday. I wanna, yeah, it sounds like fun. Oh, but yeah, you were, you took your Lynx over by what, Driggs, Rexburg yeah. Bench, uh -huh. and you were having a hard time just going on flat ground. It was nuts. On that turbo. Yeah, it was chest deep. Yeah. 
And we just, around here, we don't get that all mm. the time. Like like Colorado, BC, and, and it's weird because BC didn't have a phenomenal winter. Right. But BC and Colorado kind of get that weekly refill. And, and around here locally anyway, you know, from here to McCall and from here west a little bit, you know, we'll get new snow every couple weeks well, That was kind of the push, you know, also on the snow bikes because it was like you don't have to have chest deep snow to go have fun so it was anyway that was part of why the snowmobile was appealing again because we had some snow yeah you had you had conditions this year where a snow bike probably would have sucked yeah for the most part yeah a couple of those rides would have been rough so basically you guys just you load up and you go somewhere new every week you take your filmer with you and uh, go to you've been all over the place yeah a lot of places this season um we started out here we always come out here like right before christmas breaking the sleds get the shakedown ride out of the way make sure we tightened everything for us what's a break-in ride like for you guys because everybody's different like every now and then you meet somebody who actually breaks in their sled most everybody just (laughs) full throttle well (laughs) well dylan said something pretty key here you want to hear about this year's break-in ride um so we were planning on going out with dan adams um he had a sled that he had carried over that wasn't affected by the stop ride so he's like let's get out and ride um we'll do a little avalanche safety discussion um you know make some content whatever first ride it'll it'll be sweet it was supposed to be a pow day too and we're wrenching on sleds um on the way through from wisconsin we stopped in bozeman picked up some ice age rails for all of our sleds so i'm throwing some rails in my summit um working on it late at night like past midnight and tension the track align it I forget to tighten the axle bolt. So we're heading out with Dan and uh, get like six miles down the trail and my axle bolt blows out and just shreds my track. That's, so, that's how I knew how these guys were. <laughs> that's the one I remember. That's the story. <laughs> so that was an expensive first day, needless to say. But um, typically we just go out and we do take it easy on them for the most part. A lot of times you don't have the best snow on the first ride of the year. Um, sometimes you do, but we just try and, you know, make sure everything's, uh, the way we like it configurations on like the controls, uh, suspension, you know, starting to figure out that stuff this year, we're on a new chassis. Um, so pretty much riding them stock out of the box, Mm -hmm. but lots to still figure out there. So, um, you guys are riding the gen five. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you were both on on Expert Turbo 154s. Correct. Yeah. Right. And then later in the season, or or right off the bat, did you pick up the Lynx 146 and the 9R 146? We had spring ordered those okay. all four of yeah. those sleds, um, but they just hadn't come in yet. So I want to, yeah, I guess we we came out beginning of December, broke in the sleds a couple of weeks, got a couple hundred miles on, went back holidays with the family. That's where you picked up the Lynx yeah. back in Wisconsin. Yeah. So then we came back out here right after New Year's, picked up my 9R, picked up Jordan, our camera guy's 9R, and then the next day went to Revelstoke. Um, so we went up there. People were saying, you know, it's the worst snow we've had in 20 years, blah, blah, blah. It was still about as good as we had here. Hmm. Um, but it was interesting to see it with a much lower snowpack. Some of the stuff that we had recognized just looked drastically yeah. different up there. but. It's cool to go meet up with some friends and uh, ride Canada for the first time in like three years, you do, know, since the Do you pandemic. guys have a favorite spot or is it just always a new adventure and you just have fun wherever you're at? Uh, that's kind of a loaded question. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, obviously like this I mean, place. You guys, you guys go a lot of we places. We go a lot of there places, one yeah, just, you're totally. You're always like, man, that's the. Revelstoke is the best, BC. And, you know, we haven't been to Whistler, admittedly. We haven't really been anywhere outside of, like, the Revelstoke area other than Belmont. Be cool so to ride the coast, yeah. Be cool to ride the coastal stuff, but Revelstoke's the hub. And then, honestly, this this place has a very special spot in our heart. It's, yeah. it's pretty darn cool around here. A lot of diversity here in the terrain. You I know. just I think about the, like, what's the elevation when you're riding Revelstoke? It's low. It's lower, yeah. So can you tell? a big difference in like a turbo gen five oh, turbo so not as much that's the thing yeah um i think the sled selection is pretty dependent on where you ride mostly these yeah. days depending on elevation so i broke in that 9r up there and it was sweet oh yeah so you're riding like 5500 you know maybe yeah. 6500 7000 max up there and it was just screaming right yeah. same thing with like sealy lake so if we were like 
based out of one of those locations, I think that would be the sled to have. You, you would maybe give up on the extra weight of the turbo because I guess you don't really need it as as much. Yeah, even if it was like a if I was a cat guy, you know, huh. build like a 900 cat with some lightweight rotating parts. Um, same thing with like the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, where or out east where you're yeah. down low. But if you're riding here or Colorado, especially where you're super high elevation, you got to have a turbo. And you can tell. I mean, there's a big difference. Absolutely, okay. it just makes you look at terrain differently. Oh yeah, honestly. totally. Hmm. But if you could go anywhere, you'd go to Revelstoke. Yeah, Probably. I think so. Yeah, it's just this the snowpack is consistent. You know, they often uh, don't deal with the avalanche problems that we see here with the 12 layer cake um you know interior bc is pretty consistent typically except for this year um the terrain's awesome it's just big old mountains that you're riding all over there's gigantic shoots and gnarly rocks and then great tree riding and pillows features all kinds of stuff it's crazy so is there not um like the snow's more stable there's not as much of a temperature swing or like yeah, it's, I guess it go into that a little bit because hearing that, I'm like, I, mean, I didn't know that was a thing. I figured that was. So a good example is like around here this year. So a lot of times, as Ryan said, we'll get big storms, big resets every couple of weeks. Um, but in that time where you're not getting snow, that surface is being affected by wind, by temperature changes, right. by sun, all kinds of things. Um, so that affects how the new snow that then lands on that surface will bond to it. Now, if you're getting snow like a couple storms a week mm -hmm. or very consistently, it has less of a chance to okay. form those weird crusts and layers. Um, you know, it can it can vary a lot from uh, zo riding zone to riding zone even. But around here, since we got such consistent snow this year, we had very few persistent problems in the snowpack. Never even thought of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just totally different everywhere we go. Like Colorado's heavy conditions very much differently than even Idaho's hmm. and Utah. I mean, it, it just changes everywhere. Like yeah. from Island Park to McCall is, is quite a bit different. I mean, man, that would be nice if that element wasn't there as much. You know, mm -hmm. that's the biggest worry every time we get, we like the gnarly, crazy stuff on the bikes, but that's always in the back of your mind, like kind of just asking for yeah, it. Yeah, if so. you could eliminate that. Yeah, it'd be game on. But <laughs> All right, I want, okay, I want to hear the, the sled blown up story now. I, yeah. I was going to save that for later, but I want to hear that. <laughs> was that this year? It was. It was about a month ago right now, actually. Um, so this was the Friday before, well, the Friday of the Jackson Hole Hill Climbs. Um, so I had organized this big ride, a lot of people in town from various locations, and we were just going to go out and have a short ride, um, and then everybody was staying in Jackson that night. So, and, you know, watching the event the rest of the weekend. So it was going to be super cool. We had about a dozen people, um, a lot of industry people too, like Matt, uh, Muskoka Freerider, Matt came down uh, from Canada on his trip. He kicked off his U.S. tour, um, kind of riding with us and staying in Jackson Hole. So that was pretty cool. Um, Kyle Saxton and his girlfriend, Kyla, um, down from Sealy Lake area, um, all kinds of people. Anyway. We're out riding, and it was really good snow for, like, end of March, like, over the hood pow. And uh, we went up Mosquito Creek, very well-known, popular area outside of Jackson Hole. And uh, we didn't even make it far. I mean, the snow was so good. We were just riding the trees, like, right above the trail, thankfully. And uh, I, I don't know. Matt's sled was running weird. He wasn't pulling full R's. Like, people were having some issues, so we weren't going to go very far anyway. And... Uh, we found this cool zone in the trees, this sweet pocket with a lot of like deadfall, but there was so much snow on the ground that they just turned into big features. Um, so we were kind of playing and taking some cell phone videos in there. And uh, I, I developed this bog in my sled, like coming off of idle, like into engagement. It and, just, and which sled is this? This is my uh, Gen 5 Summit Expert Turbo, 850 Turbo. Um, so I had about 600 miles on it at the time and, uh, it had been a great sled for me. I mean, no issues prior to this point, really pretty stock. Yeah. Uh, it had a full exhaust on it, uh, tune and clutching. Okay. So yeah. not, not stock like yeah. point, point that out. Not fully stock, yeah. not fully <laughs> stock, um, suspension as well. Um, but sled was running great. I geared it up and 
was pulling crazy track speed, just ripping. I was in love with the sled, but developed this weird bog, kind of like a gurgle, um, kind of like an Articat sucking snow through the hood type mm. bog. And I'm like, that's so weird, but it'd clear out uh, once I got up in RPMs. And I was fighting up through the trees to try and get up to this line and hit this pillow. And I did, did a bow tie off it, and I land, come down, kind of get hung up on a tree, chill out, catch my breath for a couple of minutes, and uh, talking to everybody, then we're going to go ride again and sit down, place my hands on the handlebars, press the shot button, and the thing just explodes. Like, <laughs> it just I have, blows I up right in front of your face. Yeah, just fire, <laughs> shoots out the intake. Did it vents. get the mustache? It didn't get the stash, Good. but I did have my goggles up you know, on the top of my helmet, and it singed my eyebrows Holy and eyelashes. Yeah. The last thing I remember before closing my eyes was flames shooting out the side panels, like, um, you know, the curvature of the skidoo side panels. It kind of just came out all around that, kind of melted my gear, like like I said, burned my face and <laughs> eyebrows, and then it was just on fire. So this thing obviously had a gas leak mm -hmm. and something to do with that capacitor just Sat there and fumes under hood and boom. It was the most unexpected thing. No video? It, my, I didn't have a helmet camera on at the time. <sighs> Matt was recording about 50 yards away and you hear the boom oh, wow. in his video. So um, he rushed over, everybody rushed over and we're throwing snow on it, trying to get it put out. And, you know, with a fuel fire like that, yeah, you it's get pointless. it put out in one yeah. place and it flares up elsewhere. Yeah. So we're you're trying. You're better off just get the hot dogs out i'm i'm trying stick. to pull you know a skidoo hood has like six hood bolts right yeah. so i'm going at it with the little torx thing like frantically trying to keep my cool right and get these torx bolts out so we can get the hood off because you can't you, it's not possible to get snow up in there through the side panels yeah and uh i get the front two out and just rip the rest off and um the, underneath the hood's burning the inside the side panels are burning the sled's burning and we're trying, we're trying, and then finally it starts burning around the fuel cap yeah. itself. And I said, just get away from it. Like, nobody needs to die out here um, if this thing blows up. So we all, you know, start walking away. And then Matt says, I'll put my goggles on and try and pull the back end downhill and get the fuel away from the fire. I'm like, okay, I'm, well, I, I guess I'll help you. I mean, just um, let it burn. There's less to clean up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but anyway, we go to pull it backwards, and it rolls three times. We had already tried rolling it a bunch. It rolls three times, snuffs it out, and we got it put out. Was it? I mean, it was torched, though. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's pretty torched. It looks bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole upper console area, like all the the charge tube intake, you know, all that stuff's melted. But um, I brought it to the dealership, and I'm having them diagnose why it blew up. Yeah, that's what we got to figure out. Well, the yeah. So let me so let me ask you, Dylan. Yeah. This will determine if you're an Idahoan or if you're Wisconsin. When that thing blew up, and you turned and looked at Jack surrounded in flames, did you laugh or were you worried? <laughs> um, I wasn't there. Honestly, I was. Oh, you I was there? not there for it. So. Oh man. Okay. But. I would have, I don't know, I would have probably been concerned initially just given the sound. Okay, you you're know. from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> we see shit like that and it's just like, get some gas. Fire's not big enough. You know, it was just the most unexpected thing. I mean, I've had shot on sleds for so many years, uh, like electric start, right, or whatever. So just used to pushing that button like I've done 10,000 times before and uh, it just exploded in my you're, face. You're going to be riding with somebody years from now that has no idea about that story and they're going to be watching you start your skidoo and you're going to be like, lean back <laughs> as far as you can. Like, what is wrong? Just start it. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd have been concerned about getting it on video. Yeah. Watching yeah, pull it the burn phone out as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. That's why I put good insurance on everything. Yeah, oh, if you man. watch... Um, our, we released a video on it. It's in our Jackson Hole Hill Climb vlog. And then uh, Muskoka Matt released a video on it as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a wild experience. Fortunately, though, like I said, we were right above the trail. We were able to pull it right down the drainage we were in, and it was an easy egress back was, to the truck. So Dan wasn't on this one either. Mm -mm. I was going to say, mate, nope. he might stop riding with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's got to be pretty patient, though, doing what he does. Oh, oh my gosh. Clinics, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I go with him and I I can't. Like, I've got to like leave the group for a while. 
you know, granted, I'm not like in the group. I'm just there watching and right. kind of watching from the outside in. But that guy has so much patience and tolerance yeah. for people. And and I don't well, you, I don't possess that. You'd skill. have to. Yeah. To, to do what he's doing. But but he does. We're jumping off the rails here on the story. But anyway, Dan Dan does probably the most phenomenal job, I think, of instructing people. Because he, he breaks it down to just step by step rather than just, uh, here, just watch me do it and then do what mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. You know, he, he breaks it down. He's got his radio system set up so you can hear him talk while you're writing. And the only reason I ask is oh, cool. we've got friends like that. They're just, we just don't ride with them anymore. Their stuff's always broken. Yeah. <laughs> no, same, same here. <laughs> no, Dan is incredible at what he does. He, yeah. He's the best. Yeah, he's awesome. So that sled's toast, right? You're not riding that Friday. No. So what do they say? Like what? What's no word as of yet? Right? No, no. I got to call him honestly. It's one of those things I don't really want to address, but I have to. Did they um, just point the finger at you had some goodies on it? And well, I sure hope not. Honestly, um, I I want to find out like why it blew up first. There's got to be like a loose injector somewhere, or a crack yeah. in the fuel line, or something, right? But I found it interesting that the Monday after this happened, I received a letter for a recall uh, for a fuel leak on the Gen fours that I had huh. prior to this. Um, and the Gen four and Gen five are pretty similar under the hood, so I'm not not so trying to imply of, anything nothing there. Official. But, at least. Nothing official, but uh, we got to figure out why this thing blew up. Hmm. Yeah, but you guys, you guys do some serious jumping on these things. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely put through their paces. So, it, I'm I'm always expecting it to be my fault. You know, that's that's the thing with all these um, broken parts and all this stuff that happens. Like, I never get too upset because well, you can't if no. you're living in this world and that's what you do. Like, you just got to find the humor in it. And yeah, it's a it's a thing. <clears throat> Nobody got hurt. We're pushing these things to the absolute limit yeah. of what they can do, and uh, obviously things are going to go terribly wrong when when you start to do that. So um, we just hope that it doesn't end in like a catastrophe where you get hurt, right? Yeah. Like where your front end comes apart on a jump or something, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, that's why we we keep up on maintenance. We try and have two sleds um, up throughout the whole season. So if something is an issue on one, we can take it off the snow and ride the other one. While we take the time to fix it. You need it. a low mile backup Lynx 154. No other one is. Yeah. <laughs> but I do ride it three times. <laughs> three or four. <clears throat> oh yeah. So Dylan, you you've got the Lynx 146, right? Yeah. The, the RE. Yep. Um, you guys rode our 22 Lynx two two springs ago. Exactly where we're going. On yeah. Friday. Exactly where we're going yeah. Friday. And so what what made you want to go with the Lynx? Kind of just. Everybody talking about that suspension and I, you know, honestly, I've always wanted a Lynx. I remember in high school when we got computers, like that was a big thing, and everyone was just on Craigslist, like doing whatever, not doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I remember looking at those Lynxes on the internet and just being like obsessed with the way they looked, and like the suspension was radical, obviously, mm-hmm. compared to anything else. So it's always been something that's piqued my curiosity. So. Yeah, I think it was the right sled, and I've never had a 146 before either, so I knew I wanted to do that this year, and then the Lynx, and it just it made sense. So break that Lynx down. So it's a 146 RE, yep. non-turbo, because they, they didn't do the turbo last year. They just did it for 24, which is coming out. Yep. So from a test rider standpoint, break that sled down. Like, what did you think? It's pretty cool. It's it's a little bit washier in the trees, I guess, than I would have expected. I think the 36-inch front end, and then obviously the Lynx has really wide skis on it, right? So yeah. that, with the shorter track, shorter lug, just makes it a little bit washier in the trees. But for a jumping sled, for something that like you want to jib around off of stuff, um, riding the trail, like it's it's a really nice machine. The suspension works really well. I love it. Um, it's still playful in the trees too. Like it still gets it done everywhere. But um, I. As far as 146s go, I think that Jack's 9R definitely takes the cake in the technical riding department. Why is that? What do you feel different there? Just seems like it holds the edge more, and uh, just the reviness, like the track seems to work a lot better uh, on the Polaris, on the Polaris 146 track. and uh, Which yeah. is the 2.5. They're both 2.5s, right? Yeah. It's actually a 2.6, I think. It is, is it a 2.5? It's a 2.6 on mine. Is it? Yeah. 2.6, yeah. You yeah. get a 2.6 on that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the difference is, but... I, w- I should say the 146 NA, when you order it, comes with uh, low elevation clutching in it. So you have to change that around. It's also got taller gearing in it than what a Summit does. 
So I geared it down. I put a Bikeman stage kit on it, so it's got a full exhaust clutch kit, and uh, it's geared down. So it's it's pretty snappy now. It's definitely set up the way I like it. That so. woke it up big time. Yeah. Another thing to point out too is uh, that Lynx one one forty six has like nine tooth drivers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two eight six drivers. Um, versus most mountain sleds have a three inch pitch or three and a half. So that could have something to do with the track's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's smooth. It's smooth, yeah. It's it's a very comfortable machine. It's confidence inspiring in a lot of ways, and it jumps really well. I mm-hmm. love the way that it jumps. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you can tell just from the Scandinavians the way you know the stuff they're jumping on those. Yeah. Those things are are built to take it for one. And yeah. Got the suspension to handle that stuff pretty well. Um, what about your nine R? What talk about that one? Yeah. Um, so last year bought my first 146, the 850 Polaris RMK Chaos. Loved it so much that I got the 9R version this year. So that was cool to just be essentially on the same sled but get a little upgrade in the power department. Um, but I can't believe how responsive it is too, you know, getting in and out of the throttle. So really impressed with the 9R. Um, I dialed it in about midway through the season with full exhaust, clutching, um, you know, Polaris primary spring broke i think around 500 miles right when i did the clutching so um always good to refresh those springs and uh that really woke it up between that and the exhaust i put a skins hood on it and then a raptor shock in the rear um wrapped it of course and ice age rails it's been a great slide is the 146 like a certain type of riding you pull that out or that's like your go-to absolutely because i could barely get around on a 154 yeah it's uh it's definitely kind of a new thing it seems like in the industry like a lot of the younger guys are getting into it more maybe they're coming back i don't know um but yeah this time of the year it's fun you don't need all the track length you know because you can kind of just cruise around everywhere and these things still lift the skis up and make it a lot of fun you watch you watch maverick walker and caleb kasturki what they do on 146s i mean honestly they make it look easy yeah you're like how how does the snowmobile just keep in a tail stand but keep moving forward yeah and that's so hard to do but but they can do it on 146s and then because of their technique and their strength and everything they're able to just keep it moving it's, all the time it's just more fun like playful and yeah. gets around easier yeah it's huh. it's pretty fun especially in the snow like we went out and rode yesterday and it was just kind of hard yet slushy on top and you you can just slide around you know the you play the washiness like yeah. Dylan was talking about the shorter frame allows you to wash it a little bit you can just slide around through the trees and do some pretty effortless stuff um, it's a lot more responsive and just quicker in those movements than like if you're on a 165 um additionally they build track speed like crazy because just less track yeah um and they build it fast too so that's one thing on my sled it feels like i'm on a trials bike sometimes like i'll (laughs) charge into a pillow slam on the brake like hop up on top of it and then jump off and just like whip it from a stop off like 45 degrees and land you know and go off that way so being able to do stuff like that uh, it's just so fun. You know, when you go half throttle and it wants to pick the skis up off the ground. Yeah. Cause that, cool. that, uh, frame is just so short. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're kind of in this, the small club, not a lot of members of people that can ride a Skidoo and a Polaris at the same time, like jump back and forth really quick. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you found that with, you probably can do the same thing. A little bit. The, yeah. Not, crab. not as easily, but I can get there. But but I'm sure you've seen that oh, like, yeah. Skidoo riders cannot get on a Polaris and Polaris riders cannot get on a yeah. Skidoo without yeah. without taking like two or three days to get used to it. Mm-hmm. But what what do you guys feel when you jump back and forth? Yeah, that's uh that's something that it did take me a little while to get used to when I first started switching back and forth between the two different styles because really there is like two different styles, right? The vertical steering like the Articats and Polarises have, and then the laydown steering like the Skidoos have. And it's a lot, it's more than that, but that's just how they're more uh, like generally defined, I think. Um, so I had a 900 cat that I built, and uh, a 2020 Summit Expert, mm-hmm. I think, as was the year that I had those on the snow. And uh, that's when I started to jump back and forth, and it did take me a while to get used to the cat again. Um, I had had a cat earlier, I guess, in Molly or 18. I rode that cat a bit, but. Um, had some issues with it and I didn't spend very much time on it. I wasn't a very good rider back then either. So I don't know. I took like three days just committed to learning it. There's definitely some differences in the way you position your body. It works some different muscles in your shoulders and Mm -hmm. back. That's for sure. Um, But at the end of the day, I think, you know, once you spend enough time on it, it just 
it becomes like subconscious. So now when I hop between them, um, it might take a couple, literally a couple turns where I figure out, oh yeah, the skidoo, you're like way more over the bars and skis. Um, but li- after a couple turns, I'll go jump it, ride the trees. You know, that's, that's where I'm at now. So there's definitely a difference, but I think anybody can ride any sled if they just give it enough time. Yeah, that's what we always say. You, if you put the time in, you need to adapt to what the snowmobile can mm-hmm. do rather than trying to make the snowmobile do what you only know how to do. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can figure that out, then you can ride anything. Right. And then you get into that element of, okay, now I can, I can adapt to this machine, and then I can take that machine and try to do the same thing. And then you start splitting all the differences out and being able to, to really test and really compare and, and see what's different. But yeah. which, which platform do you prefer? Like, do you, do you like the Polaris overall feel better or, or the Skidoo setup? And same, same to you, Dylan. It's so tough for yeah. me. I think it's kind of conditions dependent in a sense. Like, I will take a Polaris in marginal snow any day over a Skidoo. But if it's deep snow, I love the Skidoo. I love how you're, like, forward on the chassis. Everything's kind of flowing behind you. Love it for downhill stuff, turns, jumps. The Polaris, you can get away with a lot on jumps. Um but it just, to me, it doesn't feel as natural. So I think I'm more naturally suited for the Skidoo. But, um, yeah, in marginal snow, I love the Polaris. Yeah, I, I like the Skidoo. Now that I've switched over, I've kind of ridden everything over the last six, seven years. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I do like the Polaris. I was able to spend, like, a week on a Polaris last spring. Uh, Dutch at Action Motorsports hooked it up for me because I was down. But... I spent a week on it. I really liked it. I I don't have too much of a problem jumping back and forth, but it probably takes me longer than Jack to do that. Um, I definitely I, I prefer the lay down steering, honestly, just because it feels more natural to me. Um, it works my shoulder. You know, like Jack said, the shoulder muscles. That's the biggest thing that I notice. I feel like I'm fighting the vertical steering in a way that it like makes my shoulders more sore at the end of the day. Maybe that would go away with time, probably, but. Um, I just like the less steering effort in the skidoo and that body position. So were you riding a cat before as well? Yeah, I had, I had a 18, 19 and 20 cat. And then I switched to skidoo in 21 when they came out the turbo. So do you go back to a cat every now and then? Do you hop on one? I actually rode one for a week this season. I rode an alpha when we were up in Sealy Lake. Kyle Hustis, Freshies Built, hooked it up. I, so I, the quick change drive shaft on the skidoos. I sheared that off on my links, uh, riding the trail up. Fortunately, I caught it there, but it was like skipping splines in there, and then, yeah, it was bad. So I limped it out of there, and uh, I was down. My turbo was down two for a sensor at the time, so I was down two sleds. But yeah, I rode a cat, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of turbos in the group, and it was extremely deep snow, and got around. Felt felt right at home actually after a few days, but. Those are good sleds too. I'm excited to spend some time on the Catalyst on the on the new mountain sled that they have. Yeah, have you been on that yet? Not yet. We got to ride the ZR, the RXC, the cross country mm-hmm. one. Our buddy Zach Herfindahl had one of those when we were back in the UP, and we spent we put a fair amount of miles actually on, on quite a that bit of thing. time. Yeah, yep. we got to ride it on the moto track too, which yeah. was fun. Yeah, uh, it was really fun on that sled yeah. actually because one thing I noticed is the steering efforts like really minimal. Um, and it's, but it's like low center of gravity and really planted. So you just send a huge tabletop and then come into a corner and lock it up and it would just like slide sideways, but not want to tip. And then you could just juice yeah, it out C- of the corner. The CG is so low on that. Thing. They're really yeah. on something. Yeah. Like that, that There's definitely something. Amazing. It's so smooth too. The drive line's like amazingly smooth on that sled. It was. Yeah. Cool to see the updates to the chassis, like in the bulkhead region, like the, the tube chassis element of all of it and the welded chassis i guess and then um i don't know just refinements overall i think i think they got a winner for sure just need a little more power yeah it, it's kind of like the the m's you know, go back to the m7 m8 yeah. and, and m1000 like they built that sled jason howell when he when he designed that sled threw everything <coughs> out threw the book out and just said all right just just build me something with an engine a track and skis that i can ride and get anywhere i want 
Yeah. And that's kind of the approach they came back to on the catalyst rather than, well, let's let's make this bigger and let's try to get this geometry this way and let's let's do our, our big spacing A arms and our tall spindles. And it, it was a clean slate on that one. Like, yeah. Let's just start over. Start completely makes, over and just make this sense. thing as small and simple and as compact as possible uh. and just make it a machine that just moves a, a, a person through the trees. Mm -hmm. And it, it's phenomenal. Like, it's a really good machine. Yeah, that's sweet. But when, yeah, when they've got a big motor on that, they're going to have a winner. Cool. The, the the 600s, I mean, they sold out of those M600s in a matter of a, a couple hours. Yeah. So like it, went, it went better than... Better than expected. We thought. Mm -hmm. it, granted, I don't know how many they're making because they're pretty limited on build capacity at the factory, but they're making a bunch. Hmm. But they sold out, and then we've, we've ridden uh, a turbo version of it, Riley Kincaid's turbo that hmm. uh, Ibex built, the Jason, Jason Nethercott... Uh, helped get running well and th and that thing that's fun is it it's really fun that's yeah. cool it's sweet to see i mean it's so cool to see all these innovations from the oems in the industry i mean year after year it's like something new is coming out almost every year and like mm -hmm. what other industry do you see that in i don't know it it, it makes it expensive though because it's, it's sure it's does. you <laughs> want that you want the new thing every year that's wild and like I, I haven't had a snowmobile for a long time and to have something I feel like is good enough the way it is is pretty impressive. Yeah. Because you're, you're like a Nipex. Apex, I'm a horsepower junkie. Guy. Just yeah. drilling junkie. I like horsepower. <laughs> so for that, for that thing to be enough, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it was a lot. a lot of fun. So Yeah. No, they, they're killing it with that. Do you guys do any snow biking? No, not really. I owned one for a couple of years. It was, But they've come a long way. It wasn't my thing, though. We, we need to do that one time like just one legit solid ride with a certain group and i think you guys would have a lot of fun yeah i think the kids have come a long way since we've spent time on them um and then i don't know i think cool it would be really cool for back in the midwest and out east yeah like where the trees are super yeah. tight and your lower elevation making a bit yeah. more power um, well, you just, you got i would have that, one if i lived back there that like, technical aspect though because you can't just horsepower your way to the top so you have to get strategic which yeah. makes it fun and you, you got four or five guys trying to pick the same lines and you're kicking each other and crashing into each other and it gets wild it, it gets and it's, says the horsepower guy yeah it says the well, horsepower guy. <laughs> that's what i mean it's so technical that it kind of over i don't know kind of overcomes that i guess yeah. at first i was like yeah this is you know i couldn't wrap my head around it like these make what 70 horsepower Mm, 50 but you get into i don't know i mean you guys you guys do that on your sled so it's probably hard to explain but i don't know the thing i loved about snow biking that i, st I still do is just you get you get three or four guys together and you can be like fender to fender and like bumping handlebars and well not worried about getting hurt not worried about an avalanche and not even and not even like there's that part but you know we've unloaded before and we're like okay we're gonna ride from uh pine creek pass and we're going to come out the Rexburg bench. Yeah. And we just get our phones and we just freaking, it doesn't matter. We just pick our way there and someone picks us up at the end. Like, that's cool. It's rad. Wow. Like, you don't have to go, you know, this is how everybody gets to here. Well, we just want to go. We want to go exploring. Mm -hmm. and go, I mean, it just opens up. If your bars will fit through, we, you know, we usually make it. I mean, yeah. Cause you, you can commit, you can drop off something. Right. Without, knowing that okay i'm committed going down because i'm not going back up so when the when the snow's not great and you can make some progress and take extra gas you know you can actually get somewhere we cover a lot of ground and we'll just we'll just go explore new stuff and that's that's cool that's a lot yeah. of fun yeah i enjoy snow biking but uh a year like this man snowmobiling is just so much fun one so of these days fun. we'll have snow bikes strapped to a helicopter and we'll just go out in the okay. middle of june unload and go for that, a day that was nate you remember nate king that was yeah. that was his like big thing it oh like, it's gonna happen oh, helicopters it's with gonna, snow it's bikes, gonna happen we just, we just drop in i got a picture saved in my phone one strapped on each skid and i think i think dave's would haul like four or five bikes well yeah that one would that'd be unreal Jeez. that'd be a good video that would be that a good video be, yeah uh, so what what did you guys wind up ordering for 24s? I ordered a what did I order? Oh, I ordered a Lynx Turbo 154, the 3900 or 30. Did you ride? Yeah, 3900. The, the RE or the DS? RE. Yeah, a black one. He 
He no. did, yeah. You wrote Clint's, I right? did, yeah. Does he, does he rally that pretty good? I mean... <laughs> he does. Oh, yeah. after we weighed him, I kind of thought, that's impressive because he's there's not a lot to him. He was having some... When we rode last time, he was having some issues with his elbows, so we ended up cutting the day short, but it was really deep snow when he was ripping that thing, yeah. And it, it, it looks like it just takes a beating because yeah. that guy is not nice to stuff. <laughs> But yeah, that's what, so I ordered that, and then I ordered a 146 and a Skidoo free ride, the new free ride. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm kind of flopping exactly what I did this year. So we'll, we'll actually have the 146 turbo free ride Friday. Nice. Oh. That, that is one. That's probably the – for 24, there's two sleds that are just like the top. That's, yeah. It's the free ride 146 and the Chaos 155 with the 325 track. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just – Fun, the really? most fun I've had on snowmobiles. Did, did you ride that three two five track on a boost or nine R? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I would take that track. I mean, I, I would take that track and be willing to be careful on the trail with it, just to have the thrust that that track generates. Really, really? it's the real deal, huh? It is. It's wow. legit. That wasn't wow. just like we couldn't think of anything else to do, so we got a bigger track. No, like it, it works. It motates. It makes that sled move through deep snow huh like, like and it's funny because like even on a 275 9r just like an na mm. you don't really realize how much track spin is going on because you you start moving pretty good the yeah. sled's not too heavy right. The 275 track hooks up pretty well and you can still lift the front end on it even though it's an na you throw a 325 under the same sled and it's a totally different ball game <laughs> it just it, your your arms get tired wow because wow. it moves forward so quickly it, it doesn't really waste any time spinning the track. Yeah. And it doesn't go down. Everybody was like, oh, it's going to trench like crazy. We rode that thing from January until two weeks ago, and it hooks up. Like, it just goes. Cool. Wow, so that's, that's a, awesome. That's a really good setup. So you're going to be on two skidoos. A skidoo and a Lynx. A skidoo yeah. and a Lynx. Yeah. Uh, what do you wind up with? I also got a free ride. Well, I got two free rides, actually. I've never had a free ride before. Um Color's pretty wild. I'm usually an all-black snowmobiles kind of guy. But That's the turquoise one? Yeah. yeah. So I got a 154 freeride turbo. That'll be like my main sled. And then a 146 freeride turbo. Because you got to have one. Like you said, like it's, it's the thing. It's just so funny. Um, you, you go everywhere <laughs> just standing straight up and down. Yeah. <laughs> and then a 146 9R, RMK Chaos. Oh, three, huh? six. yes. Okay. So yeah. You, so you both got NAs. Yeah. So you can have NA days. Mm-hmm. And then I, I figured, now hear me out, that I'll just not ride the 146 Turbo that much and keep it nice. Uh-huh. For once. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the justification. Now we're going to need a bigger truck, <clears throat> more horsepower, a bigger trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, you, you're, what, six sleds with Tyler's sled, right? Um, yeah, what do we got here? We, we will have... So we each have two. We've got, um, sure. yeah, Jordan's 9R. Or Jordan's, yeah. Yep. We've got uh, two old cats. We've got a Boost 165. That's our buddies. That's just been like a backup sled all season. And then our buddy Lucas has uh, two other two cats. cats um, a stage two build. Yeah. They're both 2022s. Yeah. 154 and 146. So that's kind of our, our fleet. Um, they're not all ours, but... It's kind of what we run with. The the old cats are for running up and down the old Ryrie Highway and the irrigation canals and stuff and farm fields out there. Um, but, yeah, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get them all back to Wisconsin now because the trailer fits about eight, but we have a ton of stuff to put in there as well. So we got we to gotta figure that out in the next couple of days here. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Double-decker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. We'll put the sled deck inside of the trailer and then sleds up on the sled deck yeah. in the trailer. Jeez. It works. You can stack them in there like a pair of shoes, you know, one upside down on top of the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe the burnt ones. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the box of parts yeah. that's left over. Yeah, those are easy to haul around. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, so the 24 stuff is going to be cool. So your 9R, did you get a, one, a 325? No. Under that? No. Uh, they only had the two six and uh, two inch options oh, for the one forty six. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, a a one fifty five with the three twenty five feels everything that one forty six. I bet two six does. 
I bet we were talking about that this year that a one fifty five nine R might, you know, that would be a sweet sled. And I was yeah. considering actually going to a one fifty five boost as like my turbo sled, my main turbo sled. Um, knowing that about the three two five, I I might have that might have persuaded me to do do so. But the, the thing about the three twenty five that the I've never felt on any snowmobile before. Do you have a picture of it? The track? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see it. Pull that up right here, actually. Well, I will just add that I noticed a huge difference with Skidoo's new track this year, too. Yeah. Um, it seemed to work a lot better. Man, that is massive. Jeez. So that track, so if you take you take a 155 track, and everybody's kind of in this, this area of, do I go 65 or 54? Right. And 65 is, is more predictability, a little more stability, but it's not as fun. And a 54 is more playful and lifts, lifts the front end up, but you've got to be on your toes more. And then 146 is just its own animal. Mm -hmm. That track on a 155 gives you the ability to go through deep snow like a 163 or 164 or 5, but lifts the front end like 146. So it wow. makes the sled feel longer because it's more, it's more capable. Sure. But it also makes it handle like it's shorter because it's physically short and, it, and it's got so much thrust that it can just, you lean back Man. and wheelie. And that's, that's so cool. 15 wide? 15 wide. So do you think Ski-Doo will follow five, suit? 3.5 pitch. I don't know. Hmm. Need to put one of those tracks on a Ski-Doo. Mm -hmm. yeah. You could on a free one, ride. That yeah. 155 on the turbo would be money. Yeah. Might have to try it. Well, that's what I like. The Chaos 155 with that track with the turbo, the Chaos yeah. Boost. Is Best of both so worlds, and you got the traction, so but yeah. shorter. Mm -hmm. oh, I bet that's sweet. Yeah, it handles like a one. The fun factor of the nine R one forty six is the way it handles, mm -hmm. and then the deep snow ability of a one sixty five is the way it goes through snow. Like, it's. Yeah. I don't know. People people kind of laughed at it and blew it off, like like what you were saying. Right. Oh, we just came up with something. Couldn't think to anything else something. to do. Let's make the track longer. <laughs> they're gonna bigger. be. They're gonna be. It's, they did the same thing about the 9R. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal about a big bore? You guys have had a 900 before. It sucked. Like, all that. And then the 9R comes out, and everybody just loves it. Aside Real from the deal. fact that it's the same price as a Boost. Right. But, mm -hmm. but it's an amazing sled. I think this track is going to be the same thing. Hmm. Everybody kind of blew it off, and then the people that got it, all their buddies are going to be like, it's going to be the holy grail. It cow. really is exciting, though, to see. I mean, everybody's just like, it's like the truck wars. Like, yeah. More horsepower, bigger, like coming with factory 37s on, you know what I mean? Everybody's just out for their throats of the competition, which makes it good. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is with the last three, four years. Even. It's been like really. Everybody's just gotten so much more bold and aggressive with these advancements. Like, well, so like is trucks the pricing, especially. So maybe that's why. Well, they just yeah. <laughs> yeah, people pay whatever these days, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, we're talking... Yeah, they're they're probably raking in billions rather than millions. Oh, dude, that's what I mean. I was out of the snowmobile thing for a long time, and I picked that one up, and I'm just like, yeah, I think they figured out that there's a small population of people that'll just pay whatever for mm -hmm. the best. Jeez. I'm I'm one of them, um, and so the engineers can just go nuts, like uh, the water meth injection turbos for the trail <laughs> now. Yeah, back in the Midwest, like that's gonna be crazy. Those are twenty eight thousand dollar machines. Is what they're yeah. gonna be. But yeah, I guess it's where everything's going. Yeah, power people sports. Buy them. The, the the people that want them, yeah, they'll do anything to get them. Yeah, It'll be yeah, interesting to see what 15, it does to the used market. Interest rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has an impact on the used market. But, um, and then you guys, you guys have a deal with GMC, right? So you're running a new GMC every year. Yep. Um, we're, I, I don't know. I'm a Ford guy. You're, I, I ran Dodges for years and then you switched me over to ford i just like trucks so you it just, depends on what it is what hey, i'm doing with it i was gonna say you're a ford guy but you got that half ton gmc out there like that's yeah that's my favorite truck but like for pulling heavy it's a different story i'll take the 350 with 410 gears yeah yeah but, but you got i mean you guys spend a lot of time how many miles do you put on a truck in a year we probably do like thirty thousand just towing the trailer a year i mean that's it's got like 27,000 on it right now and uh doesn't get driven much over the summer so a lot of that's just oh wow yeah that's just strictly winter yeah yeah it's a it's a lot of seat time for sure um it's awesome we've been working with GMC for a couple of years and 
they take really good care of us. Uh, we've seen some awesome trucks. We've gotten to go tour some of their facilities too. Um, it's it's a really cool relationship, and we're getting ready to pick up now the new truck mm-hmm. here next month. Not which a, is, yeah, it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, not exactly sure what it is. We like it's either gonna be one of the new Ultimates or it's gonna be one of the new AT fours. But yeah, both, it might both not are be, nice. I like the twenty four looks really good yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. we're going back to single. <clears throat> Single rear wheel, wheel. yep, yep, 3,500 long box, single wheel. Yeah, we had a winner with the dually, it was sweet, Mm -hmm. worked really well, but um, we just, they they just kind of send us whatever they want. Yeah, Yeah. and it's, it's yeah, we'll use it in your truck. It depends a lot on supply chain too, I think, you know, there's still, a lot of these manufacturers still feeling the effects of that, so, especially in the automotive world, so, yeah. We're stoked on that thing. Excited to be in a single wheel again. Do you guys do you uh, like break those down, kind of review them, and go over that kind of stuff too? Yeah, there's a video um, from earlier this season on our channel that goes through the you know the whole truck, um, kind of from back to front. Cool. And then what we use it for because you know we hauled that Trails West trailer all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a 34 foot floor in the gooseneck, but it turns out to be like 42 feet mm-hmm. right with the yeah, gooseneck. Yeah. Um, so that thing gets towed around everywhere, but then we also have a Duradac sled deck that yeah. goes in the back um, just for, like, some of these spring missions, especially when you're, like, yep. driving up the road to try and get to the snow line. So, uh, I don't know. The Dooley's been great as far as handling all that, that weight in yeah. the bed. I mean, it's nice cross-country trips for sure. Yeah. Which, it, which would you prefer? Um, you know... For just like driving around, I think the single wheel, like local trips, the single wheel is probably more ideal just because the sled deck flexibility is a little bit nicer, does a little bit better in like snow situations when you're off-roading at all. But the dually for the long hauls and stability on the interstate and stuff like that is a a smooth ride and it puts the power down. It does really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a big dually fan, but if it's a dedicated trailer machine then yeah yeah but if you if you're if it's also your daily like you've got i mean yeah two or three four or five six seven trucks yeah i mean when i was daily in a crew cab short box you know it had carly suspension and i was hauling at the time we were restoring some army trucks so i'm hauling twenty five thousand pound trucks with that thing (laughs) and then daily driving anyway it was like i just do a dedicated truck for hauling and towing it's always always hooked to a trailer and so the dually was a must the lower gears was a must and then a little half ton for running around best of both worlds yeah so i've got a half ton gmc denali you get the 3.0 or the gas uh 6.2 gas that 3.0 duramax is amazing is it oh it's unbelievably good really yeah that's cool The, the low end bottom end grunt like Runs good, drives good. I average my last one for all the miles on the truck. the The average was twenty. Wow! For all I had it like thirty, I don't know, thirty thousand miles in a year. No kidding. Yeah, and it's the AT four, so it's you know you get a little bit of a lift and yeah. mud tires, and it's just get the short box. You can park it anywhere. Whole family, all their crap. Like that's our family car. That would be sweet. I have a Denali right now, but I'd love to have an AT4. Yep. You want to drive it? It's in the parking little, lot. You'll love it. It's be a my, great little half ton. Great little half ton sled deck rig too. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And they've done. They get some really cool stuff. Like it's neat to kind of pick them all apart. But like, mm-hmm. if I back to a trailer with the half ton, it knows I'm backing to a trailer, and it sets the parking brake. So when I get out, it doesn't roll away from the ball that I've just lined up perfectly. I go lower the trailer down, get in. Anyway, they just the cameras are really good. Like they've thought out some got some cool stuff on. Yeah, the tech works great. That's one thing we've noticed for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one complaint. Doesn't tell you your tailgate's open. So twice now oh. <laughs> I've been driving around with my tailgate beating on my trailer, losing <laughs> shit out the back. No. The truck doesn't even you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Mm. But if the top one's open, you know that dorky two piece yeah. they came out with, they're reinventing the wheel. It'll tell you if that one's open. Yeah, it does tell inner so tailgate like, open. Oh, they all have their, you know, good. But not if it's fully not if it's all the way open and your stuff's flying out, you know, mm. down the freeway. So I got home yesterday and my tailgate was down and I'm like, is all my stuff here? Like, how does this happen? I don't understand. 
Well, hopefully oh. they figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's great. Software update. Yep. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's the cool thing is like it's they're all like Teslas anymore, just over the air software updates and some of that stuff they can can be warnings like that they could probably add. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. I don't know if they're there yet, but anyway, yeah, let's uh let's kind of wrap this up. This, we've been going for an hour. That's <clears throat> good stories. Uh good to get to know you guys a little bit better and and hear your thoughts on some of the sleds and good luck with your exploded summit and see how that thing goes thanks yeah it's i, I mean watching to see what the conclusion was on that i sure had tough luck with my summits the last couple of years but i bought two you know two more skidoos for next year so like I, it's just a sign that i i still believe in the product you know we like i said we subject them to some crazy conditions and some crazy things so you know sometimes it's not so much you had a problem it's like what how do they handle it yeah yeah so. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, nice Ryan, thanks so much for having us. We're excited to get out in the snow with you uh, later this week. Yeah, a couple of days. We'll yeah. be out there, sixty, maybe seventy degrees. Up oh, on that the, sounds on the amazing. Yeah. T-shirts. Bring the sunscreen. Where? where? Come on out, Brad. Cheap. Fridays are hard for me, but we'll see if we can pull it. We're off. going It'll be Saturday too. It'll be probably like eleven to two, eleven to three. Okay. Just down the road, not too far. Right. You could I'm you proud. could fly over, fly okay. over. I'll pick you up probably pulled off next year i'll have skis on my plane so <laughs> there we go be a for real thing. sick yeah all right okay thanks for coming guys yeah yeah thank you thanks for listening and thank you to our show sponsors can't get enough sledding content subscribe to snow west magazine at snowwest.com and get seven issues from september through march Try our awesome new vertical digital format or get magazines mailed to your door. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest sled reviews, interviews, and more.